afternoon, brethren. It's very good to see you. I come to you in the name of the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. I come to you in the name of God who created a world out of nothing. He laid the foundation of the world. He created it in righteousness and justice. I come to you in the name of God Almighty who makes covenants with his people. And I want to talk to you about the covenant of God. My text today is in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. And it reads, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. When God created the world, one of the first things he did is he made a covenant with the man that he had created. God created the world out of nothing in six days and rested on the seventh day. And he created mankind, Adam and Eve. And to Adam, he made a covenant. The word covenant is not used, but this is what it was. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And that was the agreement. It was a simple thing. Don't eat from that tree. And that was the agreement. It was a a covenant. And if you will, God, the creator of all mankind and the world, made an agreement or a covenant with Adam, who was the representative of the entire human race. He was the only one. Because it was after this that he created Eve. But Adam, as the representative of all of mankind, made this covenant with God. And it was based on works. Don't eat from this tree. You can eat from all the other trees, tend the garden, keep it, but don't eat from that tree. So like it or not, all of Adam's descendants, there was an agreement, a covenant with God made between God and Adam. And because Adam did not keep that covenant, sin passed on to all all the world, all mankind became corrupt. And like it or not, we're all under that covenant that God made with Adam. It was a covenant of obedience, total obedience. And we see the result of that within a period of time, many generations past, the world entirely became evil. And the the thoughts of everyone was only evil continually and violence filled the earth. And God saw and he repented that he'd made man. And he saved Noah, who was the only righteous man. And he told him to build an ark and save his family, and he did. And they went through a tremendous flood that destroyed every living thing off the face of the earth, except for Noah and his family. 
when Noah got out of the ark, he sacrificed unto God. And there was a covenant that God made with God made with Noah that he would not destroy the world anymore with the flood. It's in Genesis chapter Mm nine, verse eleven through seventeen, and you can read about it. There was a sacrifice involved in instituting this covenant, and God made a token, the rainbow. That was God's promise. Every time you see a rainbow, you know that God is not going to destroy the world with a flood. That's right. By the way, in case you're interested, the next time the world will be destroyed, it will be with fire, yes, not with a flood. Amen. But this is a covenant. Mm-hmm. Now, this covenant also, all of uh, mankind mm-hmm. entered into this agreement. Now we come to Abraham. At the time, he was called Abram. And in Genesis chapter 12... God appears and makes a covenant with him. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And it is continued, repeated again in Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 records how God appeared to Abraham. Again, at this time he was Abram. And it was uh, at this time... Abram was childless. He didn't have any descendants. He was a very wealthy man. He had a lot of servants in his house, and he had his Eliezer, his servant, I believe, was going to be his heir. And God made a promise that his seed would be without number. Genesis 15, verse 4. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven, and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said to them, So shall thy seed be. And verse 6 is amazing. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he continued. And Abraham cut some animals, clean animals in pieces. And they cut a covenant. Involved bloodshed. And Abram was put to sleep. He he didn't participate in this in any way. It was a covenant between God and Abraham consisting only of promises. Mm -hmm. It was no requirement of obedience. There was nothing for Abraham to do or to keep. It was a promises from God to Abram and he was asleep and Abram woke up Genesis 15 verse 17 it came to pass that when the sun went down it was dark behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between the pieces when you made a covenant you were essentially saying what this has happened to these animals I will this will happen to me if I fail to keep my end of the Agreement. Now, this is amazing that God would subject himself to such a covenant. Essentially, he was making an unbreakable promise. It was a, confirmed with an oath. There's, a, there's no way that God could be killed, but yet he's making a promise that this would happen to him if he didn't keep his covenant. And it's repeated again in Genesis 17, verse 7. There's repeated 
throughout uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is, this covenant is continued. Genesis 17, verse 7. I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generation for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And it's continued. God said, Genesis 17, verse 19, God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and I shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. So this is a covenant. God deals with people in a covenant. That's the way that God works, by agreement. And God being the greater there are times when he made a covenant that involved obedience. There are other times when he just essentially said, this is what I'm going to do. And it was a one-sided, unilateral agreement. If we continue, we see that Abraham had a, did have a son named Isaac. And Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, and they became the nation of Israel. Yeah. And they became a very great nation. Yeah. And they were taken, they were rescued from being destroyed in a famine by going to Egypt. Yeah. And Joseph, one of Jacob's sons, was sold into slavery, and it turned out to be a great blessing. Uh-huh. He rescued them from dying of starvation. That's right. And they were preserved there. But in the four generations that were there, but then there arose a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph. Yeah. And God provided a deliverer, Moses. And God spoke to him. Yes. And eventually, with many great signs and wonders and plagues, eventually culminating in all the firstborn being killed, animal or mankind, unless they were inside the house where they had taken a lamb, and killed it and put the blood on the doorpost. Mm -hmm. Well, the Israelites believed and they obeyed, and they they did sacrifice this lamb and put the blood on the doorposts, and they were saved. But all the Egyptians, all the firstborn were killed, even in Pharaoh's house. Moses led them through the wilderness, through the midst of the sea. We're talking walls of water on both sides and they went on dry land the Egyptians came through and were drowned and all perished and then they came to Mount Sinai the same place where Moses had met God at the burning bush and Moses went up on the mountain and talked to God and and God gave him ten commandments and this was a covenant the covenant that God revealed to Moses God's law and all the ordinances explaining how to keep that law. And Moses came down from the mountain. They had to go back up the second time because when he came down, there was all these people dancing and partying and worshiping this false god that they had made. 
And so he smashed those Ten Commandments and he went up and got another set. But eventually, this covenant involved complete obedience. And the book of the covenant, the first five chapters of, first five books of the Bible, or the book of the covenant, records all of God's dealings with the ten, the twelve tribes of Israel. And the people said, we will keep this covenant. We'll obey it. And there was curses if you didn't keep it and blessings if you did keep it. And God made this covenant with Moses and it was binding on all of the descendants of Israel. And anyone could enter into it, but in order to enter into it, if you were not of the tribes of Israel, you had to convert, be a proselyte, it, but really it was limited only to that nation. And God did choose them to be a great nation, the kingdom of priests. But this is the covenant. It says, do this and you shall live. Gotcha. Well, nobody ever successfully kept that covenant. Mm-hmm. I want to point to you that that covenant, that God's law was perfect, mm-hmm. and their people's intentions may have been good, but they couldn't keep it And they did receive a curse. But there's another covenant I'd like to tell you about. I would remind you in uh, the book of Nahum, chapter 3, if I can find it. Okay. Uh, the scripture is uh, God does not do anything unless he reveals it first to his prophets and I all of a sudden can't find the reference but uh, God did speak to people his prophets he told them beforehand what he was going to do and then it happened just as he said showing that God does keep his promises. Everything that God says he will do, he does. And he reveals it first to his prophets. So the prophets reveal it to the people, whoever will listen. And many, many prophets came pointing people to Amos 3.7. Thank you. Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So we have the Book of the Covenant, yeah. which Moses wrote, the first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And after that, the history of the nation of Israel and the prophets. And the prophets are full mm-hmm. of revelations from God. And I will point you to some of the mm-hmm. prophecies that these prophets have told about. Uh-huh. Now, as great as the covenant with Moses was, the prophets themselves said there was going to be a different covenant. So if there's anyone listening to me today who is of Israel, I'm speaking to you about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I'm speaking to anyone who is an Israelite, anyone who is a Jew. If you are, have, the, have the heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm speaking to you. God spoke 
through your prophets. God spoke through Moses, and he made a covenant. But your own prophets point to another covenant that would come. Look in the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which covenant my, my, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband to them, right. saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor or every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Yeah. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Amen. This is the covenant that God made. When he will remove the sins, he will forgive their transgressions. Imagine your sins cast behind God's back, mm -hmm. never to be seen again. Imagine your sins separated from you as far away as the east is from the west. Amen. Imagine your sins being thrown into the depths of the sea. This is not wishful thinking. This is reality. This is the covenant that God makes Amen. that he is going to forgive your sins. In Jeremiah chapter 32... Turn with me to Jeremiah 32, verse 40. He's saying how he's going to bring the nation of Israel back out of captivity. Now, you, you realize, for 1,800 years, there was no nation of Israel. The people were in captivity. They were scattered in amongst all the people. And God has made a promise that not one of them would be lost. Mm -hmm. They're going to be scattered like grain just scattered everywhere they're all going to be gathered back in here's what it says Jeremiah 32 40 I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me I will rejoice over them to do them good I will plant them in the land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul now God has said it and you can stake your claim on that. Mm -hmm. That is a promise that God will keep. He told his prophets that he will do it, and I would like to reveal how he's done that. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. Verse 3. Isaiah 55 verse 3. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant mm -hmm. with you, even the sure mercies of David. Yeah. Let's go on one verse. Mm -hmm. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Who is this him that is hinted at right here? I'd like to point you to Ezekiel mm -hmm. chapter 37. Ezekiel 37 verse... 26. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant 
with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them, yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel, when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forever. This is a covenant of peace. This is an everlasting covenant. Everlasting means it will never pass away. That's right. This is prophesied here in your own prophets, Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah. Here's some, another reading from Ezekiel chapter 36, starting in verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and will gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleannesses. Once again, this is a covenant that involves a forgiveness of sins. Wouldn't that be nice to have? An everlasting covenant that will not pass away. A covenant of peace. This is, covenant is a reality. Turn with me to the book of Haggai. It's right before the book of Zechariah. Haggai chapter 2, starting verse 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I shall shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And verse 7, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. This is the desire of all nations. This is not just the desire of the nation of Israel. This is a desire of all nations, including Gentile nations. The desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 49. This is a, when Jacob was on his deathbed, and he was giving blessings to his sons. And we come to the tribe that was from Judah. Now, Judah was uh, blessed in Isaiah 49, verse 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall raise, rouse him up? I'd like to tell you about the lion of the tribe of Judah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. I'd like to tell you about this king that came from the tribe of Judah. I'd like to tell you about Shiloh. Shiloh is a name. It means until the one to whom it is, who owns it, the one whose right it is to have. The scepter would not depart from Judah, 
nor a lawgiver from between his feet until the one comes to whom it rightfully belongs. So we're looking for a king from the tribe of Judah that's going to come and the, the scepter will not depart from Judah until this person comes. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. We earlier discussed the covenant that God made with Adam, which all mankind is under. And as a result of Eve, the first woman, being deceived, and Adam sinning also, eating from the, that fruit they were not supposed to eat, and death came upon them. Death, physical death came later, but spiritual death yeah. that day. Spiritual death. Everyone who is descended from Adam spiritually dead. And under this covenant of complete obedience to God. And in Genesis 3.15, this is God speaking to the serpent who deceived Eve. By the way, this serpent, we know him as a great dragon, Satan, or Lucifer. Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. At the very beginning, there was a promise Mm -hmm. of a person who had come, the seed of the woman. I'd like to tell you about the seed of the woman. In the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. By the way, Emmanuel means God with us. So this child that will be born of a virgin is going to be God with us. Emmanuel. An impossibility, you say. I claim that God said it will happen, and it did happen. I'd like to tell you about this virgin that conceived and bore a son, and the child was named Emmanuel. In Genesis chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, another promise from God. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'd like to tell you about this child that was born and the son that was given, the one who is called the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. This is a, this would have to be a person who is a human, but God also, God with us. I'd like to reveal to you how that, this prophecy, how it came true from your own prophets. I'd like to point to you in Deuteronomy chapter 18. This is, a, this is what Moses, he's the one that instituted the law. God gave him the law and he was a mediator between Israel and God in this covenant. And this is what Moses said. Now, as great as Moses was, and he gave you the law. 
Deuteronomy 18.15, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. I would like to tell you about this prophet like Moses that you should listen to, the one you are supposed to hear. Verse 18 continues, I will raise up, raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. This is God speaking. I will raise up a prophet from among their brethren like unto me, and will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it Mm -hmm. of him. I'd like to tell you about this prophet, that God himself would be a prophet like Moses that you should listen to. In Isaiah chapter 11, eleven verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. I'd like to tell you about this righteous branch, this branch of the Lord, this one who was filled with the sevenfold Spirit of God. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 62, verse 11. Starting verse 10. Go through, go through the gates. Mm -hmm. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway. Gather out the stones. Lift up a standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Mm -hmm. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And they shall call them their holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Mm -hmm. I'd like to tell you about the salvation for the nation of Israel, the salvation that comes His reward is with him. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to our text in Malachi chapter 3. This is prophesied in your own prophets. The very last book in the English Old Testament. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come saith the Lord of hosts. Now I remind you that everyone, all of mankind is under a covenant with God already, the covenant with Adam. It involves complete obedience, and if not, you die. That's the covenant. And like it or not, Adam made that covenant. He was a representative for all mankind. And that covenant is still binding. If you're a, a Jew, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
You're under the covenant with Moses. But your own prophets tell you about a new covenant that's being made. This is an everlasting covenant. This is a covenant of peace. This is a covenant that involves removal of sin. God putting his own spirit inside you, giving you a new heart. And I'd like to tell you about the messenger of the covenant. This messenger of the covenant, this is the one who is the desire of nations. This is the one who is called Emmanuel. This messenger of the covenant, this is the prophet like Moses that you should listen to. Mm -hmm. This messenger of the covenant, this is the one who is the seed of the woman. This is the one who is born of a virgin and called Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. This messenger of the covenant, Mm -hmm. his name is Shiloh. He's the one to whom it all belongs. He's the king Mm -hmm. from the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. He's the savior and redeemer. He's the one who brings salvation. Amen. Now we know who the messenger who prepared the way. Mm-hmm. That's revealed to be John the Baptist. John the Baptist was to prepare the way before the Lord. It actually says in the text, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Uh And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Who was it that John the Baptist pointed people to? He pointed people to Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Amen.